the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks or salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team Tidy Business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I am Mike Stevens, and sitting virtually across from me is the one, the only, the first, the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, it's good. Pretty swamped, not gonna lie. But you're you're powering through. Yeah. Um, no sleep squad is fully activated for at least the next three weeks. Hell yeah. Sounds good. Anything new in your life since we last saw each other, what, four days ago? Uh, no, nothing of interest. I still don't have my email back. I don't know if I'm actually going to get it back. Oh my goodness. Um, so there's that. I, uh, yeah, so we'll just move on from that. But, uh, if it it weren't, if it weren't such a headache for you like if it weren't actually causing you real stress i would be roasting you to oblivion for that you turned off the failsafe rachel yeah this failsafe is back on but no it's causing uh immense stress it's there for a reason yeah and uh i actually kind of got into it with one of my close friends about it and it almost resulted in me socking that individual in the face because i was that angry that's how big of a, a stress thing it is for me so i would i would caution and say that chirping me about this particular subject is not in your best interest specifically when i have emails from people that are no longer living that i had saved that i no longer have well you can't catch me through zoom so it's all good i do know where you live yes you do (laughs) um Speaking of stupidity, I guess mm. we're going to hop into into headlines. That's the best segue I could do for that, because this it seems like it's a it's a sh- weekly tradition with us on this show. You know, we try not to talk about them, but they keep coming out and doing stupid shit. And the Vancouver Canucks folks, they're at it again. I wouldn't even say it's stupid. It is stupid. Well, OK, well, no, part of it is stupid and part of it is mm-hmm. cheating. Well, OK, so hold on. What is the headline here is that the Canucks are reportedly not going to be sellers at the deadline right. because they've won a few games. That's so stupid. they're like, all right, that is abhorrently stupid. And we're going to get into that. What is the cheating angle of this in your uh, okay, mind? So I had a tweet earlier today. So the Vancouver Canucks have claimed tra- uh, Travis Boyd and Jimmy Vesey off of waivers from the Leafs. It is mm-hmm. exceedingly not a secret that Vancouver's bottom six not only sucks, mm-hmm. but they get paid 10 times a lot of money yeah so jim benning and john weisbrod picking up minimum wage players on waivers from other teams the leafs being one of them is the equivalent of copying off of someone's math test and saying you did the work because they're smarter than you and you don't know what you're doing the vancouver canucks front office has no idea what the fuck they're doing they have no plan and so when now it's become apparent that all these contracts suck and they need actual players who can contribute, they just have to take from other teams that have done the work for them. And Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter mm-hmm. posted a value chart of the Canucks 
bottom six players along with VC and Boyd. And VC and Boyd are behind only Tyler Mott in terms of value provided to their teams this year. So they just acquired two of their three best players in the bottom six from the Leafs for free, and they're getting paid a fraction of what the Canucks are paying their absolutely horrendous bottom six. A combined 1.6 million. But it's, you know what, like it's, okay, we're, we're going to get into the Canucks being dumb by by deciding to, to go off of a minuscule sample size to not, you know, actually help their team. But um, look, claiming, like claiming players from the Leafs like that, that's not, it's not like copying. Like it's, it's because it's legal. Like you can't, like in, in an exam, you can't like just look over at someone's paper. Yes, you paper, can if you don't I, get caught. Well, I have seen it many times and it is abhorrent and don't do that. Don't do it. But, but if you can do it without getting caught, by all means. Well, this is a legal avenue. It's like, this is no, like, you I'm know. What I'm saying is it's the equivalent of saying, oh, look, I did this math homework, but you did not actually do the math homework and everybody knows you were far too dumb to do it. <laughs> so my point is like, they could have had a bottom six for what the Leafs were paying Travis Boyd and Jimmy VC, but they chose to have a bottom six worth $35 million. And so when they realized that that was a bad idea, then they just took from other teams who had already done the work for them, AKA signing the contract. That's what yeah. I mean. Like you're, that is, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> they, they, they made, they essentially just got like the Leafs had, it's so funny. The Leafs had too many good players. And I think they, like, even though they, first of all, has one team gotten, like this must be a, the least must be setting a record for amount of players claimed off waivers in one season. We've got three. Like like these guys, they can't do and and they probably would have gotten another if Spezza was like, I will retire. Oh yeah, Spezza. Th- yeah, there were people that were pissed off about that, but the reality of the situation is, is he has four kids. They all live in Toronto, and he's yeah. old enough where he can say, if you claim me and make me go somewhere I'm, else, I'm just going to retire. Like fuck it, I'm going to retire. But and like he would like a hundred percent. I have it on like concrete that. Fully would have been like, nope, see ya. But it, it, it's absurd. Like, every time the Leafs try and put a guy on waivers, another team comes and snatches them up. Whereas, like, you're seeing guys, like, for example, like, yesterday, uh, I think it was on Sunday, like, the guys on waivers are all named Michaels, like, Michael Chaput, Michael, whatever, whatever, whatever. And they, all of them went through. And those are, like, you know, three, like, I would say, qual, like, not quality, but, like, three NHL players or fringe NHL players. Slide, fringe, yes. Yes. Slide through, okay. But anytime the Leafs put a guy on Aaron Dell, Jimmy VC, Travis Boyd, of course, some team comes in and snatches them up. You know, well, like, it's going to be Vancouver because they Because they're dumb and they need to, yeah. like. It, and they need everyone to do it for them. And so, what you know what's going to be great, though, is when at the deadline they're deemed as sellers, but the reality of the situation is the only valuable pieces they have in the bottom six to trade to contenders are the two pieces yeah. that they just claimed from the Leafs and Tyler Mott. Nobody wants anybody else. Not only are they at, like terrible to begin mm-hmm. with, but the contracts, awful. Nobody's like, you know, you know what's going to really help our cup run? $3 million Jay Beagle. Let's do it. That's six million dollar Louis Erickson, or you know, four point. What is it? Four point two five, or even isn't he? He's maybe five or four point eight five. Brandon Sutter or something insane. So the Canucks, no, but so the Canucks decided. I have I have some numbers up here. The Canucks decided they're not, even though they're bad, they're not going to be sellers at the deadline. 
And right now, right now, they lose five straight. They'll be back to being sellers. Well, of course, AKA the no plan. Play. So I want to like they're like, well, we we're being on. We're in a hot run right now. So maybe we can string this together. No, it's not. I want to read you Thatcher Demko's stats starting from uh, 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 January or sorry, February 25th. Because he he put up a nine three nine January on January twenty fifth. Still lost that game, by the way. But nine three nine. They had a shutout the next game. Then a nine six nine. Then a nine four nine. Then a nine six seven. Then an eight eight nine. A little little rough. Whatever. Everyone has a bad game. Then a nine seven one. Then a nine five seven. Then a nine three eight. Then a nine three five. Yeah, he's averaging nine forty six or something like that. This man is on a gosh dang heater, and he also has the third most goal save above expected. This year, only behind Andre Vasilevsky and Mark Andre Fleury, and yet you like this is not sustainable. I was actually all. looking just to finish off on the Canucks. Yeah, their internal, like their underlying metrics, were actually worse over their last like twelve game stretch or whatever than the Buffalo Sabers have been over their twelve game losing streak. Yeah, you mentioned the that. only difference is is Vancouver is getting bailed out by Demko and Sabers are playing dodgeball in goal. So that's the Canucks for you. They're terrible, but they have a good goalie. It's remarkable what getting a save can do for you. Interesting. Yeah. That's a bit of a foreshadowing to, to our, our one of our deep dives. So Rangers, now this is very interesting. The Rangers announced you have to have a proof of a full vaccination in two, two weeks. Basically two weeks after a full vaccination is acceptable for entry into games starting April 1st. So they're bringing fans back in. You can use a negative test, but still this is, this is important and it's very funny because this is a team that technically still employs Tony D'Angelo that is promoting this is <laughs> vaccines. Like they're encouraging people to get vaccines, which is in, in the, in our, this weird world that we live in. Thank God. I know in this weird world where we live in, where people are dumb enough to go, Hey, you know, this global pandemic that's going on right now. Yeah. I'm still worried about the vaccine. So I'm, I'm not going to, if you eat McDonald's or any type of fast food, basically if you eat non-organic food, you needn't worry about what's in the vaccine. Rachel, you are, <laughs> you don't have to worry about what's in the vaccine. Then you, you eat enough McDonald's that if there were really worries, you'd be like a mutant right now. It would be. Yeah, but you know what? I think it's like, and obviously we don't have full details, so like we can't yeah. really like dive into it. But to say like, so what a lot of people don't realize is if it's a private event, mm -hmm. and so there are some arenas that are publicly funded. Actually, most arenas are publicly funded, which is absurd. But, um, still. but NHL games are considered private events. They're run by the NHL, and they, that's why yeah. they can ban you. They can tell right? you to do whatever the fuck they want you to do. Yeah. So the NHL and the NBA actually have the power to say if you are not vaccinated mm -hmm. and you don't prove you're vaccinated you are not allowed to attend our event yeah they ha they're allowed to say that and people will say oh well, that violates my rights i have news for you you do not have the right to attend a sporting event that's not a thing it doesn't exist i know i have read the charter i understand the. Charter. you don't even need to bring the charter into this it is a yeah. it is a like they are a private corporation hosting this event they don't if they can kick you out for throwing waffles on the ice they cannot let you in for not being the nhl could be like you are like you can come to that game but only if you wear the borat mankini for the entire game and people could be like hey i don't like i'm i would be like hey i don't want to do that but they're like hey you know, you're not allowed to attend this Leafs game unless your your attire is the Borat Mankini. We're a private we're a private corporation. If you want to attend this, that's what you have to wear, and you'd have to agree with it, or else you're and watching it from home. What a lot of people are pointing at is specifically in the U.S. We will not have this issue in Canada, but they're saying, well, uh, uh, we're a marginalized. You're not allowed to discriminate to marginalized oh groups. Oh my so god, the LGBT community oh, oh, okay. uh, based on race, all that kind of thing. Yes, um, I 
if you're anti-vax, you don't <laughs> qualify as a marginalized community. You're just an idiot. Oh, man. All those anti-vaxxers, they've been through so but much. Yeah, so you know? essentially, it'll be interesting to see. I, I have a feeling in Canada, this is going to be like basically what happens. But I wonder in the States how many teams will say, hey, unless you're vaccinated, like you can't come in. There were three separate anti-mask protests over the weekend. In oh, Toronto, I'm aware. I tweeted about it's it. absurd. So I don't like. I don't people, even want to talk about it because it was so infuriating. But people on their high horses being like, "Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think any of this will happen in Canada." But like you know, in the states, like, look, man, Canada. Yes, it's much better than the states. But no, I'm saying we're like, not I don't perfect. Think no, no, I know. We will have the issue of teams saying you don't have to be vaccinated. I think Health Canada is going to stipulate if you want to allow fans yes. in, they must be vaccinated. Exactly. Oh, no, we're still going to have the people in Alberta oh, and my God, yeah. wherever else being like, I don't want to do it. OK, then you can't come. I then don't, know don't fucking tell you. come, man. Then stay at home <laughs> and, you know, spit blast particles into each other while watching Connor McDavid's prime get squandered. All right. Let's talk about the other thing that angered both of us this weekend. Well, this was this was the story of the weekend because and this goes to show. And again, I bring like I bring this up every time we cover something like this. Whenever you think, whenever, whenever you get discouraged or whenever I get discouraged and I'm like, oh man, am I ever going to reach my potential in this industry or in sports or whatever? I look at, I look at the decisions that are made by incredibly powerful people running incredibly powerful organizations, making incredible sums of money. And I go, follow your dreams. Anything is possible. All of these people are abhorrently stupid. And anyone in the, everyone in the NCAA, like whoever decide, like they're not even stupid. They're just ghouls. No, but like. You, they the are, gremlins. they are so dumb to not think that this would not backfire. First of all, like, so you have to, you have to know that social media is a thing. So what happened essentially is Sedona Price of, or of the Oregon ba- women's basketball team made a TikTok and this shows goes to show like anyone scoffing at TikTok, like it is the future of content. Get on. I still hate TikTok. I carry on, but it is the future of content. So you get on board or, or not. Like it's. I don't have to get on board though, thankfully, because if you work at the bank, you don't need TikTok. Well, okay, well there there you go. But for for anyone in content, man, like get on there because it's it's growing. And she made a TikTok that was then posted on Twitter, essentially showing that the women's like the women's weight room for March Madness, which is March Madness, the biggest tournament in the world. Everybody knows what March Madness is. She has. I would just like to say that. The weight room that she showed. Yes. I have more Me too. weights and equipment in my unfinished basement, like in my workout area, mm-hmm. than the NCAA provided a, a multi-billion dollar corporation provided students for an entire tournament. I have more equipment in my basement. I have more equipment in my studio condo. Yeah. Like it's, it's not even a joke. It's completely unacceptable and good for her for calling it out. So here's what happens. So the, so the men's, the men's have, you know, obviously extensive weight rooms is crazy. They have all the things imaginable. Sedona price again, who's on, by the way, who's on Oregon and Oregon is famous for their absurd facilities in their school. Like Oregon's go, go do look at a YouTube, like sort of virtual tour of Oregon's. (laughs) It looks like the Alabama football room. It looks like the fucking international space station. It's absurd. So they gave her a rack of dumbbells that go up to like 35 pounds. And so, but the biggest thing here is that the NCAA claimed that the reason why that there was such little, they were giving such little resources, even opposed to the men's, was there was a lack of open space in this convention center where all the facilities are being held. Meanwhile, Sedona Price's TikTok shows vast conference room arrays, like gala rooms, unused 
And so to show that essentially admitting that they were lying, the NCAA two days yeah. later remedied the situation and gave them sprawling weight rooms, all socially distanced. And the women were scheduled for lifts in on Sunday morning. But this is just like you. It's one thing to, to do this and think that you're not going to get caught. And then lie about it and say, there's a reason why we're not yes. doing this, whatever. But then like to go and immediately backtrack, just like, I'm glad they did. So you can give the women the, the resources they deserve. But then it admits that you were assent, like intentionally marginalizing them. We need like a deep, a deep root, like cleansing of. No, no. The, the solution is not even a deep root cleansing. Every single person on the board, yeah. on in charge of any decision making, tournament prep, any, like anything like that. Fired. Mm-hmm. You're gone. This is That's unacceptable. That's the only way you'll get rid of it. But I would like to point out one positive thing that I noticed with regard, because like mm-hmm. the entire weekend was focused about how, and rightfully so, As it should like the, be. the women are getting slighted. The one thing I really noticed, and kudos to whoever made this decision, when, you, when I went through the guide on TSN uh, this weekend, yeah. there were two channels for the 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 men's team the men's tournament and two channels for the women's tournament and of course they were grabbing streams and you could mm-hmm. like if i went to cbs or abc it was showing the men's tournament of course but if you looked at just tsn itself yeah which that's all they can control they had two channels for the men's and two channels for the women's so like there was a point where i said i would rather watch the women's because like the men's there were like blowouts and and whatever and i think like the women the strategy that goes into it is a little bit different and i find it fascinating mm-hmm. so all i had to do was scroll up one channel and it was the women so kudos to tsn for having yeah. um the equal and deserving coverage of both of the tournaments because that's the only way that um sports are going to grow and quite frankly um the women's games were far more entertaining mm-hmm. like they deserve everything that the men are getting i would i would have loved to be able to watch that if my bell cable box didn't crap out on me on Saturday night in the Middle East game, to which I then tweeted, why are you doing this me, Bell? And they literally responded, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? That was like the fifth time I did it. This is why you don't buy things from Bell. Exactly. So rare good move that TSN has decided to do that. Um, if only they didn't fire all of their, their people, well, they could Bell have. Media, exactly. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. 
It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash blue wire, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash blue wire right now. That's shopify.com slash blue wire. Exactly. All right. Plot points. What's trending up? What's trending down? Trending down is people citing cap friendly in their work now. Okay, so yes. this is a thing. I have I have a good relationship with cap friendly. Um, we started going back and forth just a little bit prior to me uh, getting employed, mm-hmm. um, and then we kind of kept in touch throughout. Um, but the we had a cap wizard in New Jersey for a few months while I was there, and then he left, and it all went to shit. Of course. Um, and cap friendly like. There's a group of them, but Dominic in particular uh, mm. is fantastic. And he sent out this tweet on Sunday morning to which then I reached out to him and said, excuse me, pardon what? The tweet read this. One of the best parts of running our free website was watching it grow and being used in various sports news articles over the years. It's frustrating to see so many articles published lately with third party data, but no mention of the source, regardless of what or where it came from. Mm-hmm. So then I reached out and was like, who in the fresh hell? Like what spawned this? What is this? So then he explained to me that he spent the better part of 48 hours explaining various cap um, misconceptions and and situations to a reporter who then proceeded to to write a story using all of the stuff that Cap Friendly had given him, including um, all of like the nuance. Mm -hmm. Didn't even bother to write source Cap Friendly. Did you, did you, can you say who the reporter is? No. I said i would not damn it um but the reality of the situation is is this is not the first time this has happened to cap friendly i see people cite or i see people write things with cap stuff in it it only came from one place it came from cap friendly so freaking put it there because none of you would be able to do Mm. your job without cap friendly and quite frankly all but two teams in the nhl maybe three would not be able to do their jobs yeah. because they all rely on cap friendly too. And the only two that I know for sure do not are the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders because they have their own people, the two people that wrote the salary exactly. cap doing it for them. But I flat out had a member of an organization tell me that if cap friendly shut down, it, their organization would be quote unquote royally fucked. Oh yeah. Like you wouldn't, if, if you so yeah. do us all a favor and cite, the goddamn website, whether it's cap friendly, natural statric, evolving hockey, hockey reference, if you're using any of that. someone else's work, the bare minimum you could do is put data provided by at the bottom of yeah. your story. We're not asking you to APA or MLA cite it within <laughs> the article, but like do the bare minimum. It's the least you could do, especially when it's free. Yeah, I'm a big Chicago style guy when it comes to citations. I think you're, but like in in most of my writing, I would just do like, you know, blah, 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 per, per cap friendly or per whatever. It's very easy. Cap friendly is the most vital resource in hockey, potentially in all sports. It like the fact that it is it free. It is the most vital resource in hockey and it yeah. is not close because it's the only resource that both both teams and reporters depend on to do their job. The fact that it is free is incredible. The fact that it's it free literally shouldn't be. The free. fact that it's free and also not inundated completely with ads on every single speck of their homepage is is a miracle. Because so, it's a passion project. Exactly. So treat it with respect. Like it's it's very very easy. Um, trending up is egregious hits from behind, which you are a hundred percent correct. This the I saw. Th- I watched three games on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I saw three. 
blatant examples of either boarding or hitting from behind. And I was like, oh, my God, like that has to be a suspension to all of them. Yeah. And zero of them actually got suspensions. And only one of them was even called a penalty. Now, Rachel, let me get my hockey man hat on in here and say, I don't think you knew the context of the situation there. I think you uh, I don't think you understood the context of the hits. Um, and right. if you would actually watch the games, you would see it. Um, You're right, because in what context is hitting from behind acceptable? It's. We what we've seen this season, I think it's I think it, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's due to the 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 increased amount of eyes that are they're on every single part of the game because there's nothing else to do. But we have seen and okay, so you you listed them here as it, there were three egregious hits on Gallagher, Matthews, and Ehlers. Right, the Ehlers one, as Edmonton Oilers fans decided to come into my mentions and point out to me, wasn't boarding. It was still hitting from behind, and it was still a dangerous hit, and it was Zach Cassian, and just like Tom Wilson, yeah. he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt either, so shut up. What are all three of those players? Well, they're all top-line players. Yeah, they're all on their teams. They're all stars. Yes. On, in the context of their teams, they're all stars. In the context of their team, yeah, you could make the argument Brendan Gallagher is a top-three player on Montreal. Oh, absolutely. And, and he is vital to their success because of all the other stuff he provides. This, like, this is what we've seen this season— is is I think more examples than any other season before of the NHL letting just allowing their star their star players their money makers the the pinnacle of their product and the driving force of their product to be butchered in the in, for no for essentially no consequence. Like I don't love in the NBA where if you breathe on LeBron James it's a foul, but if you could assault Kyle Lowry and it's not a foul, I but I do agree with the NFL like protecting the quarterback or hitting mm -hmm. a defenseless receiver like those rules where you're actually protecting some of the best players in the game so if you have a helmet to helmet hit on Tom Brady like you are gonna have a big problem the NFL invented a rule Tom Brady was sacked and fumbled in Oakland and the NFL invented a rule to protect him meanwhile you you watched three games, saw three egregious hits from behind. One from Brendan Gallagher, the you know I, I would say maybe the the in terms of forwards, the star forward on that team, at least from a, from a product perspective. Austin Matthews, one of the best players in the league and one of the most marketable players in the league, and Nick and Nick Ehlers, one of the best players in the league and one of the best He's players. So dynamic, so exactly. fun to watch. All three as well on Canadian teams that are very important to the NHL's bottom line. All three of them got decked from behind, and it was nothing. And we're seeing again that the NHL does like it just goes to show that there is a rot in their business plan because they don't because all these other other leagues are like, all right, let's go behind our stars. Let's get our let's market our stars. The MLB is funneling like they were so behind on this for years. They are funneling Fernando Tatis Jr. down your throat, whether you like it or not. Yeah, like I know about baseball players that I'm and I don't even really watch baseball, but I could name you like pretty much all the stars mm -hmm. in the MLB because they're in my face constantly. Exactly. The end. You know what? If Fernando Tatis Jr. got beamed in the head, there would be hell to pay. Meanwhile. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Connor, you can make an entire like four minute long compilation. Connor McDavid just getting impaled basically on the ice by different players refs right in front of them turning the other way and then you know potentially he'll get a penalty for complaining it's absurd when the NHL will it's ruining the product the NHL will not grow until they tell their refs to protect their stars you were saying how it's not great that LeBron you know like you you don't love it when when someone breathes on LeBron and then they, they get a foul yeah it's not great either but you know what I love and even more than that watching LeBron James play basketball exactly and Stephen Curry 
basically treating him with kid gloves from a officiating standpoint allows us to get a final of with LeBron in it, which is good for the game. It's good for the entertainment products. It's good for the money of the game. It's good for the growth, everything, athletics, media, everything. Then you know what? I'm cool with that. I don't even need that in hockey. I just need you to call the dangerous stuff. Like, that's all I'm asking for is call the stuff that causes injury. Call what is in front of your fucking face. Just call the rule book. Like, we're not asking you to put in all these stipulations. We're just asking you to actually do your job. And if there's a bad hit, please also do your job and suspend that player. Yeah, I'm in, I'm of the mindset that's call what is happening in front of your face. If it, Yeah, don't call the situation. Don't say this isn't a penalty in overtime. No, no, no. It, it, if yeah. it's a penalty, it's a penalty. I don't care what time of the game it is. If someone hits a guy from behind egregiously, it's a goddamn penalty. Call no, it. if you hit a guy from behind egregiously or not, it should be a exactly. penalty. Exactly. All right. And before we hop into our deep dive, a word from our sponsor. Folks, COVID spring break is right around the corner. And you know what that means. Spring break in your pants. Manscaped is here to ensure that the party in your pants never stops. Even Veronica Corningstone wouldn't say no to this pants party. So for everyone preparing for a pants party this spring break, I have an exclusive 20% off discount for you if you use the promo code staffgraph at manscaped.com. Now, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine this is the best trimmer on the market for those if you need a chest or a ball shave folks i shaved my entire chest of this thing it was incredible glided perfectly their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by manscaped now you can also adjust the settings to get a, the length you like or you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all don't ruin any vibes this spring or upcoming summer with some seeking pubes coming out of your swimsuit that's rough be sure to use also the crop cleanser body wash to keep your hair and skin feeling healthy and fresh and inside the perfect package you'll also find the manscaped crop preserver ball deodorant an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your birthday suit all day and you'll also find the crop reviver ball toner a spray-on testy toner that's designed to give your boys a nice little slice of heaven so for a limited time subscribers get two free gifts the shed the shed travel bag $39 value and the patent high performance reduced shaving manscaped boxers. Now folks, these manscaped boxers, I'm telling you, they're amazing. I go, f I use them to go on runs all the time. It is like they're sitting on clouds. It's essential. It's essential. Let's get 20% off plus free shipping. When you use the code staffgraph at manscaped.com, do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. That is 20% off plus free shipping. If you use the code staffgraph at manscaped.com. All right, we got three topics we're going to hit today. Let's do it. The first one. Well, the first, like, yeah, the first one, it's kind of two topics I just have. Yeah. Look, the loser point. It's being, oh, or, or the pity point, as, as is being, being labeled before. It's just, like, what, like, for, for, it's so funny because <laughs> it's like all these guys who prop up prop this up or like oh this generation is you know participation trophies this is a participation trophy this literally is a participation trophy and it's stupid yeah, can I, I read you something absolutely okay so i did some homework last night in my time to do absolutely nothing Look in my at life you. um we're gonna go through the divisions all right quickly and then after we're gonna talk about how playoff pictures are shaping up with and without the loser point mm -hmm. but let's just say this 
um, in the Discover division, in the Central. Just say the Central. Don't say the, the I, Central. I don't okay, give a shit about the sponsors. No. Um, we have. Are we getting money from Discover, with, Rachel? Pardon? Are we getting money from Discover? No. Then you're not. not saying Discover. Let's go. All right then. So the Central Division. Columbus has seven loser points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas has eight. Okay. And then we have a few with five and four. In the East Division, every single team has four loser points except Pittsburgh and Philly, who have two and three respectively. Hell yeah. Um, this is my personal favorite, though. Mm-hmm. In the West, so Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota are the top three teams. They all have one or two, so very minimal, like the least in the league. Mm-hmm. Four to eight. Can I just read you how many loser points they all have? Absolutely. Uh, five, six, five, four, six. So, okay. <laughs> All right. And then we get to the North, which is probably my favorite, specifically for one team. So Edmonton has zero loser points. Good for them. Hey. Um, Toronto has two. Winnipeg has two. Vancouver has three. Calgary has three. Ottawa has three. You know what? This is the best division thus far. Look at that. I didn't mention one team, though, did I? No, you didn't. Yeah, um, Montreal, who is currently sitting fourth in the division, has nine loser points. That's fucking absurd. They would have, so just for funsies, they would have, without those loser points, uh, 28 points, which is good for second last in the North Division. So if you don't think that the pity point is dumb... Man, like it's all it does is reward mediocrity. You shouldn't be getting points for losing. You get no points in any other sport for that. No, it should like, why are we doing this? Why are we making it more complicated? That's uh, that's what I don't understand. Why are we making it more complicated than it should be? Like the N- the NBA is just wins, losses and, and, and winning percentage. And that's it. It is if the Raptors finish 62 and uh, uh, what is it? 20, I guess like. Yeah. Then great. Then that's the record. They win 62 times. They lose 20. Does any number of those games could have gone to overtime? Cool. If they lose it, it goes on their loss. It goes in their loss column. If they win, it goes in the win. And that's it. It makes it so because now we're like, all right, Montreal, you know, lose like if they make the playoffs somehow like that is not the best team. The playoffs should be rewarding the best teams in the league for being able to play. And Montreal, if they make the playoffs somehow with like by the time we get to the end of the season with like 15 loser points. Montreal has 14 wins. Uh, Vancouver's played four more games, but they have 16. Calgary has played one more game and they have 15 wins. So Montreal has the second least amount of wins in the division and they're in fourth place. If you don't think that's an ass backwards system, I don't know what to tell yeah, you. It's just it doesn't make sense. And it's hurting the product. I, I don't get it, man. Right. And then it's like you have regulation and overtime wins versus shootout wins. And it's like, it doesn't need to be this complicated. Win, loss. And here, while we're at it, abolish the shootout. You're playing until somebody wins. Playing until someone dies. And because we've taken away the loser point, now you're actually going to try and win in overtime yeah. because you get zero points if you lose. Well, now if we take away the loser point, you're going to try at the end of regulation because there's some teams that just kind of turtle and, and mutually agree. All right. Well, we're both going to yeah. point out of this. Like, I Micah hate Blake that. McCurdy did a whole study at the Columbus Hockey Analytics Conference last year about um, how scoring chances and, and pace of play completely dissipates in the last, like, eight minutes of a game that's tied. Mm-hmm. 
because all teams are doing is is playing for overtime and the reality of the situation is is we wouldn't even need points if we went to a win-loss record we could just do wins and losses yeah the nhl stumbled upon possibly the best part of their product which is three on three overtime and right they're cutting it short to then solve the for game a skills competition to then sco- solve the game for arguably the most boring part of their of their product like not arguably the most boring part like you, the only part of the game more boring than the shootout is video review yeah and the bar is on the floor like to be fair every once in a while you get Americ malik between the legs but even though that happened like at this point 14 years ago so cool and it's still in the top tens and great but like it, it just just let the game like let the players play if the refs can say it all the time then why don't why don't you make yeah. that part of the rules? Let the players play, have more clear. Like I don't, if I want teams that have earned their way into the playoffs to be in the playoffs, if Montreal gets into the playoffs with like 15 loser points, that's essentially 15 losses that should be tacked onto their record. It's absurd. All right. And let's move on to my favorite topic. The one that's probably going to take the most time to no, talk about. No, hang on, hang on. The, the oh, playoff okay. pictures. Oh, all right. So, the playoff pictures, you know how, like, okay, in a regular season, they say, if you're in the playoffs by American Thanksgiving, I did a study on it, you're like 89% mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. That's Elliot Friedman's favorite saying. Right. He loves so, to say that. obviously, there's no Thanksgiving, because we didn't even have hockey at Thanksgiving, but we are, uh, in a 56-game season, we've played roughly, let's call it an average of 32 games, mm-hmm. right? So we're almost 60% of the way into the season. Actually, right. no, we are 60% of the way into the season. And the play, you're starting to see some chasms mm-hmm. from teams. So we'll start in the North because they're the only division where everybody has played all of their games okay. properly. So you've got Toronto and Edmonton tied for first, although Toronto has two games in hand. Um, then you've got Winnipeg and then you've got Montreal, which we've just covered. And those are your top four teams. Mm-hmm. But then you so then in fifth you've got Vancouver, but they've played four more games, and they have two less points than the fourth place team. So that's probably not a thing. Not a great. You got thing. Calgary, who's only played thirty two, and I quite frankly think they will catch Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll make that a, a, a thing, and then you've got Ottawa twenty three points. So like that's not happening. But you could see that there's kind of this chasm. So it's it's I think it's anything could happen with Edmonton. But I think it's pretty fair to say that Toronto, Edmonton, and Winnipeg are, are probably making the playoffs this yes. year, which, thank God. Finally, so then we go to the West. This is funny as hell. Well, yeah, because all of these teams, like, have either been shut down at some point or, like, the, all the games, like, there's such disparities. Like, it, it's hilarious. Well, because all of them have been shut down, all of them have been played between 29 and 32 games. So there's actually pretty good discrep- Like, there's pretty good even evenness there. Yeah. Um, but the chasm is hilarious. Hit me. Let's go. Vegas has 43 points. They're a good team. Colorado has 40. They're also a good team. Minnesota has 37. Kirill the Thrill. Uh, St. Louis has 37, but they've played two more games than anybody else above them. Okay. And then you've got LA with 32, Arizona with 31, San Jose and Anaheim below them. So you can see there's like a five-point gap between LA and St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So that's probably not going to get overcome. My personal favorite division is the East Division. Oh, yeah. Because everybody except Pittsburgh and Philly has the same amount of loser points, so they, like, cancel out, (laughs) right? So you've got... Parody, baby. Washington, who has 44 points. The Islanders, who have 44 points, but have played one more game. Then you've got Pittsburgh uh, with 40. 
So there's your top three right mm. there. But then in fourth place, you've got Boston with 36. And then in fifth, you've got Philly with 33. Okay. And, and so I think that'll be a battle. Um, but I, the, the kicker here is Boston has a plus 11 goal differential and Philly is minus 12. And usually what we see is teams who have a positive goal differential are the ones who make the playoffs. So like there's a pretty big gap there, Mm -hmm. especially because Philly's played one more game than Boston as well. So like that's taking shape. And then we got the central, um, LOL, Tampa, Florida, Carolina, 10 point gap. Hilarious. Columbus, Chicago, Nashville, Dallas. Now, Dallas has played four less games than pretty much every other team. But, so then I went and did some math. Oh, great. I was told there would be no math. I'm a little annoyed. That's why I did the math, okay. so that you didn't have to. Thank so you. what we're saying is, is with the exception of basically fourth place in a couple of divisions, the playoffs are pretty much spoken for. Now, if you remove the loser point mm-hmm. from every single team, what do the playoff pictures look like? All right, let's, let's see. find out. In the central... It's Tampa, Florida, Carolina, and then it actually is Chicago, not Columbus. Okay. However, I would like to say that Dallas is very much in striking distance because of the games in hand, and they're playing well. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Dallas there instead. Uh, In the East, it's unchanged because everybody basically has the same amount of loser points. (laughs) Um, In the West... The top three remain unchanged. And then basically you have some flip-flopping kind of in the non-playoff picture because they have the five, six, five, four, six nonsense happening there. But then if you go to the north, mm-hmm. it's amazing. So if you go by winning percentage, Toronto's in first. If you go by points, Toronto and Edmonton are tied, but like I mentioned, games in hand. Um and then you have Winnipeg, which is fine. Montreal drops all the way down to sixth. Okay. And then what we would have is Calgary has a 516 winning percentage. Vancouver is 500, but because Calgary has played less games, mm-hmm. that's why they're below. So if we go strictly on on winning percentage, it would be Calgary that would jump up into fourth, and Vancouver w- or and uh, Montreal would be all the way down in sixth. Ooh. They would have less points Second last. than Vancouver without the loser point. We're rewarding bad teams. Like, Montreal's a bad team. Yeah. You, like, Montreal would legitimately be well ahead. They would be, like, six points ahead of Ottawa uh, for sixth place, but they would not be in fourth. They would be nowhere near a playoff position. They'd be second last. Yeah. In the division. Yeah. So, before you start saying Montreal is a good team, let's just remember they have nine loser points, and apart from Ottawa, the least amount of wins in the division... Also, I would like to point out that Buffalo is, I believe, seven points behind the next closest team. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) They truly are horrid. Like, they are horrid. Like, it is really bad. They have a 276 points percentage. Oh, my God. How, like... That is insane. How do we... That is hard to do. How does this happen? Like, I know that COVID happened to them. So that's like, you know, they got hit hard with that. Yeah, but COVID has happened to almost every exactly. team in the NHL now. Like this, outside of the North. This is just... I mean, I don't know. Like, th- I'm, yeah. I'm baffled. Yeah, they're... they're like, they, they have a bad roster. 
but you would think some of the pieces that they have on it would at least be enough to drag them to a bit better. Like how much worse is this Buffalo Sabres roster than the 2015, 16 tank year? It's actually better. Exactly. And the Leafs finished with 69 points. Nice. As one of like the, the best sort of like last place teams and the Sabres with like superstar talent are just horrible. All right. Speaking of horrible, Frederick Anderson. My goodness, this man is... Okay, asterisk here. He's clearly playing hurt. Clearly. Which is why he's now on IR. Exactly. Is he on LTIR, though? We don't know. I don't believe so, because that would cause him to miss 10 games or a month. I mean, and I don't should. think the Leafs want to go down that road. They should, though. Like Yet. it's uh, Not necessarily. Okay. Well, we can debate that, because that would clear up a lot of cap space for them ahead of the deadline, in which they could use to acquire you know, the remainder of Taylor Hall's contract, or a Philip Forsberg, or Matthias Ekholm. But you and know what plus, it also does? What does it do? If they put him on LTIR, and because Jack Campbell has been hurt yeah. on and off all year... It could mean Michael Hutchinson is the starter. Yeah. And do you want to watch that? Absolutely not. But... Exactly. So that is it probably... I would say, based on what I know, that's actually exactly why Mm -hmm. Freddie is not on LTIR. Because God forbid that happened. Now, if, like, at the same time, though, Frederick Anderson, if they believe in him so much, stop playing him. Like, you're... Yeah, let him get better. But they they cost themselves a lot of points. Like, the reason, like, essentially, yeah, the Leafs have had bad games sprinkled in here or whatever. But they were, what, like, one, six, and one or something in their last eight? They like Frederick Anderson was the reason a lot of those games, if not all of them, were lost. He was absolutely terrible on Friday. Now, you can't say that Michael Hutchinson would have been better. But you what you can say is you expect more from a five million dollar goaltender. And you expect more from a guy who's shown you more, but who hasn't been good in a very long time. And this is not just and this is why I I don't want to say blame it all on injury, because, yes, he's injured. But this is not a just this season thing. Frederick Anderson. No, last season he had a what, 909, oh, and yeah. this season he's at an 897. But more critically, his last five games played, only one of them is above 900, and only two of them are above 850. That's absurd. He caught that's like, Matt Murray. He cost them the game on Friday. They like the the Leafs. Yes. the Leafs held the Flames to four to to 18 shots on net, and I think. In any, and I was on, I was on the radio um, on Sportsnet 590, the fan, uh, uh, on Sunday, and you know, I was asked a question like, you know, even although like, you know, the there was, you know, whatever, like there there was some discrepancies in in play. It seemed like the Leafs, you know, the the second game when when Jack Campbell's in it was more of a playoff style game, you know, and my it, like my response to that was. I think if in any playoff game, if you're able to hold your opponent to 18 shots on net, you're probably winning that playoff game. The Leafs played absolutely. A, the Leafs played a very good game on Friday, and it was Frederick Anderson's inability to to stop anything, any any you know little. And it's not even in, it's not even some of these aren't even injury. Like it's not even that he can't you know he can't stretch as far or whatever. It's that he overcommits to certain things that he can't see. Like right, this fan base has and I get it Frederick Anderson has been a very good goalie for the Leafs for I would say you know three and a half out of the five years that he's been here but this this essentially like ban on criticizing him for anything just needs to stop like I can't even I I can't imagine or I I can't fathom the amount of responses I see on Twitter anytime he lets in a soft goal that he should have gotten 
where, oh, you can't blame him because it was deflection or it was a breakaway. Well, great, because no goaltender has ever stopped a deflected shot in the history of hockey. So, so here we go. And then Jack Campbell did. I'm like, oh my goodness, look at that. It's the first time we've ever seen it. Well, okay. I would say the Matthews one was strictly well, Matthews. Yes. Okay. Fault. Yeah, that yeah. was so obnoxious. Of course, of course. Part. But like a point but shot. At some point, you need a goddamn save. In, fr- in the last season and a half. So like you take last season and then you take this season. Frederick Anderson has allowed a goal on the first shot he has faced 10 times. That is unacceptable. You can't do that to your team. You can't do that to like you're as a goaltender. You cannot allow your team to start off on such a putrid foot every Mm -hmm. single time. You just can't do it. It's not okay. And so I don't know. So Jack Campbell comes in the net and he steals both the game and everyone's hearts. His second straight shutout coming 22 days apart. He's the number one. Absolutely right now. For the foreseeable future. So the problem you have there is, is Jack Campbell playing better? It's not really an argument. Um, The answer is yes. Um, What I would say is applying uh, some of the knowledge that I have. Mm -hmm. Yes, you play Jack Campbell more than you have been, but you also have to be very judicious with how much you play him because you can ill afford to have him get hurt again. So if if the trainer people... Whoever makes the call, whether it's a team doc, the athletic therapist, or the trainer, say, ah, he's he's a bit tired. He's it's, not playing. Somebody else is playing. It's Vaney Velenahainen. It's Vevelinen or Vevelinen. it's Michael Hutchinson. It's, you just can't risk. Because the reality of the situation is nobody cares about the regular season. I've said this many times. Mm-hmm. You do not get paid to play in the regular season, the big bucks at least. Like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares do not get paid above $10 million to perform in the regular season. Yeah. Right? And same with the goaltending, right? Your goaltending does not matter if it can't perform in the playoffs. And to be quite frank with you, the Leafs have been let down by their goaltending in probably two straight, at least two straight playoff runs here. And At least. Yeah, and so I would say that um, this definitely needs to be more of a 50-50, but it can't even be a 50-50 until Freddie Anderson is completely healthy. If they bring him back, knowing that they're going to make the playoffs, Mm -hmm. before he is 122%, it is a complete error on everyone in that organization. And I don't even have faith that fully healthy Frederick Anderson is going to come back. Like, he was absolutely horrible in the bubble and that was after like you know three four months of layoff and then going into the season before he was also terrible too and then every playoff series that he's played in, he's been the second best goaltender last year he was the third best goaltender in the series because i think yeah. both corpusalo and merzlikens were better than him so listen this is a team that is good enough to like all they need is good enough in net all they need is a goaltender to give them a fighting chance. And when your goaltender in the last season and a half allows hit the first shot he faces on 10 times, that's not good enough. So if Jack Campbell, Jack Campbell is not, let's put, let's make this very clear. Jack Campbell is not the nine thirty six or whatever say percentage that he is right now on the Leafs. He's not that I think good. he's probably a nine seventeen. Exactly. But that for this Leafs team, that is good enough. And yep. as long as he gives them good enough, it should be his net moving forward. The team loves him. They care. They play better in front of him. They play more confident. They have more attention to detail. But also, they are, they're able to take risks because they know if you give up a two-on-one, it's a much better chance that Jack Campbell is going to stop it now than Frederick Anderson is. So hopefully they keep it with that. 
I don't know what's going to happen with Frederick Anderson. I know that it's tough to, to roll the dice here, but like if you can bank that cap space before the deadline, even if you, you might be, I don't know. I, I, I would say, look, this is the go for it year. Like, and you just said the regular season doesn't matter. Like, fuck it at that point. Go. Like get Yeah, like, but you also need to make sure that you set yourself up for the playoff success. So if they've put Freddie on LTIR, unless they're acquiring Chris Drieger, which I don't think is going to be the case, or another goaltender, which I, again, I don't think is going to be the case, um, and Jack Campbell gets hurt, which you have to say is a distinct possibility given... Yes, he's being hurt on and off all year. If Michael Hutchinson has to play for any length of time, not, not spot, we're not talking about spot duty, I'm talking about length of time... There is a serious possibility that Toronto falls down the standings because he just is not the quality of Jack Campbell. And then that screws up because then you're potentially losing home ice in the playoffs. You're losing favorable matchups like that is why, especially with how close the standings are now, Mm -hmm. they can't put Freddie on LTIR unless they know that he won't play. And right now they don't know if he will play in the next month. So you just you can't do it. It's. I understand risk management, but that is just that would be an error. Right is Michael now. is Michael Hutchinson going to give you better goaltender than current injured Frederick Anderson? I'm not confident that he will. That's true. That's a tough. That's a real Sophie's choice right there. But then again, I don't know. I think if you, you can, can, you just can't put your team in that position. Yeah, you can't risk that. I don't and know. also, you can't just stick a guy on LTIR. Like there are other doctors and paperwork that's involved in that. Like that's true. But then again, as well though, like if you. <laughs> because then if you try and bank cap space any other way, the Canucks are going to try and ta- are going to take your player. So it's you're, you're in a real bind here. Yes. All right, Rachel, do you have a Kovalev shift for this week? I do not because I am so tired mm-hmm. that I, I said this to Mike, like before we recorded, I barely have time to not only do this podcast, but like to eat Mm-hmm. to sleep like i'm running on four and a half hours of sleep right now hell yeah which everybody who knows me knows if i don't get at least seven i'm a dragon yeah so yeah no i don't have one other than don't ask me to do things for you right now because the answer is no okay well on that note i guess that that lovely upbeat note we are going to reach the end of the show um you can follow rachel on twitter at Rachel Dory. You can follow me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Staff Graph. Find the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on literally any podcatcher out there. Podbean, you know, uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's, it's right there. Buy our merch on Redbubble, redbubble.com slash Staff and Graph Shop. It's good quality stuff. Summer's coming. You want to flex out there with, with your sweet fits, as the youth say. And uh, also write us a review on iTunes. I would love to see that. Whether it's if it's if it's negative, make sure it's entertaining. And if it's positive, we would love to see that and, and get a little boost from it. It's fantastic. Rachel, before we before we sign off until uh, Friday, anything you would like to uh, leave the listeners with? Don't be dumb on Twitter. Wear a mask, and when it's your turn, get vaccinated. Couldn't have said it better myself. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week. <laughs>